Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. We've got a little bit of football from last week to talk about, just a tiny smidge, and then a boatload of football to talk about from this coming week. All the football you could possibly want in one tight podcast. Tight? Is that the right? Anyway, moving on. Um, before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast with your friends, family, neighbours, dog walker. Anybody who likes football, send this podcast their way. They might even thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. (laughs) Yes, indeed. The recording very much is in progress. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. As you can see, for those of you watching on YouTube, you're greeted by four somewhat smiling, happy faces. That can only mean one thing. It's, of course, the CookieCast podcast network bringing back to you your weekly dose of football-based nonsense. Joining me as always is uh, Mr. Andrew Cook, Mr. Shoot Woodbunty and Mr. Matthew Moore. How are we this week, gentlemen? All kinds of average. Just like the England team. And uh, on that that note, we'll uh, we'll get right into it. And it was, of course, International Week in Week 16 of uh, this particular podcast. (coughs) Uh, So we had two England games to predict. Uh, the first of which took place last Friday and was England versus Malta. Now, unfortunately, I was otherwise indisposed for this game, so I was unable to watch. Did anyone see any of it and can they break down the two goals? I remember the two goals. It's a <laughs> question. I missed, I think I missed the first one. Oh, just like the, uh, just like the Maltese keeper. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to now just because both performances were so so distinctly average that I'm trying to remember which game was which. Now that's how that's how much fun <coughs> I had watching England this week, ladies and gentlemen. The first the game first was the goal, game where the first goal was an own goal by apparently Pepe, but I was pretty sure that he was Portuguese and definitely not playing international football anymore. First, the first game was the game where Declan Rice scored, but then it was offside, right? Yes. Yeah. That was a hell of a goal until the VAR stuck their nose in. Um, yeah. Um, no, I don't really remember that much of it. <laughs> not, not to worry. The, uh, the, the game finished 2-0 to England, which, considering that Malta... Um, had lost all seven of their previous qualifiers. Um, obviously, fair enough, England got the win. Um, but I think the, uh, the result should have been a lot more comprehensive than it was. From the bits that I did see, uh, Malta didn't actually look that terrible. I thought they looked like they actually like, passed the ball around a little bit quite well. Um, fair enough, they didn't really... Um, 
giving them any problems that they had to solve or anything like that. They didn't, they didn't look like they were going to force the keeper into making a save at any point, but um, they, they played all right. I didn't realise yeah. that the first time that Malta had played England, the game also, the first goal of the game was another own goal in that game ah. too. So that's twice that's happened now. Sounds about right. That. Well, I didn't ask you, so I'll be why. Uh, the second goal was uh, was scored by everyone's favourite. Paul, Paul's got the Maltese keeper on his wrist. That's yep. what it is. That's how it works. That's how it works, man. Yes, the second and final goal was scored by, like as I said, everyone's favourite planner of stats, as uh, as he's uh, come to be known on this uh, on this podcast. It was, of course, the England captain, England's record goal scorer, extending his record, Mister Harry Kane. Um, as Stu said, Declan Rice did score a third, but it was judged to be ruled out for offside, as I believe the ball was in the general vicinity of Harry Kane as it went past the goalkeeper. Um, to say that he was in the eyeline of the keeper would be a complete and utter joke, um, but <laughs> that's the rules, I suppose. If, if we know Harry Kane like we do, he probably made a play for the ball to try and pad his stats even further, so... In, in, fairness to, in fairness to Harry Kane, that has just jogged my memory about something in the game, actually. There was a ridiculous... First and foremost, the referee in both of the England games this week had an absolute nightmare. The multi, the, the one for the, the game against Malta, though, particularly when it was one of the most blatant penalties I have seen in a very long time, then booked Harry Kane for diving. Obviously had VAR at his disposal as well, and they didn't then feel the need to give it as a clear and obvious error I could only assume that Matt was off in a VAR booth somewhere around the country uh, putting on a foreign accent to uh, get he, away with it he stuck his leg he stuck his left foot under his armpit and then threw himself to the ground I, it, it's it's a penalty it's the penalty and I know like oh yeah they get given up and down the, the country every week it's it, I hate it it's it's fucking disgusting I, it drives me mad that does Oh look! Oh oh oh! Look, he's he's created the contact. So what what we're saying is we we're calling creating the contact is running into the other player and then falling over and going. Oh, he fouled me, ref. And it's where they go. He's clever. He's a fucking cheat. That's what he is. And I I just I found that I it the more you saw it, the more you were like he's stepped in in the way that Kane was going. Now I don't I don't always think it's a I don't think it's a yellow card dive type thing, but it's the creating the contact which is moving your foot outside of the line of your body to create the contact and yeah I didn't like it I, you know yeah no I, I I agree totally it's it's one of those ones where ex professionals say ooh. Oh, he's he's done really well to win that there. But like you say, it, it, let's let's start calling it what it actually is. It's blatant cheating. Um, so like we said, the the third goal was was chalked off in the game, hand out, uh, uh, petered out. Sorry, to a to a two 0 win for England. Um, predictions wise, you'll all be shocked to hear we'd all predicted England to win two 0 no less. Therefore, um, we all got a point. Or the correct score. Uh, I'd gone five nil. Matt had gone seven nil. Stu had gone three nil. So it was obviously incredibly pissed off 
when Declan Rice's goal was chalked off. But a man who wasn't pissed off when Declan Rice's goal was chalked off was Mr Andrew Cook, who had predicted a 2-0 England win. Did he back it up by picking both goal scorers? Well, if he did, I'd be asking him for next week's lottery numbers, as if he predicted Pepe own goal, I would have serious questions for that man. Sadly, he didn't. Um, however, question, question all, number one: How much involvement in Italian football have you had? <laughs> <laughs> we all we all did pick Harry Kane to score, with the exception of Mr. Woodmanty, who didn't even think he would start the game, no less. No. Um, so we each got a point for the goal scorer again, apart from Mr. Woodmanty, and he got two points for his correct two nil score. So, Stu with the one point, myself and Matt with the two, uh, one point, sorry, myself and Matt with two points, Andy with three points from the first game. The second and final game uh, was also a qualifier for Euro 2024, but it was North Macedonia taking on England. Now, I missed the first half of this as I was out playing football, but listened to it on the radio as I was making my way <laughs> both around Tesco and back home. <laughs> Uh, and I believe I just tuned in as um, Rico Lewis making his first start for the England national team had been penalised with the with the penalty for um, against him for uh, for North Macedonia to have a chance to open the scoring. I understand that they missed the penalty, but stuck home the rebound as it sort of bounced right back into his path. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah. It was um, Jamie Vardy's North Macedonian non, um, you know, non equity accompaniment or something like that. No, it, he 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 went to the keeper's left. Pickford saved it, but rather than sort of parrying it out to the side, all he could do was just like get a block on it almost. So it kind of killed the ball. So the defenders didn't have chance to get into the action. It was, and then obviously the um, the penalty taker had a good couple of yards on them to start with. So there, after that, there was there was no. It it would have taken a terrible miss for him to like completely fluff it, as opposed to anything any further heroics that Pickford could pull out. But again, that was another dubious penalty. Um, that was shocking. Like yes, he had his hand on his face. But it wasn't like he, it wasn't like a rake of the eyes or anything. The referee, I don't think, gave it from uh, from memory originally, and it took him sixty five times on the VAR to watch it backwards and forwards and forwards and backwards before the rest of the entire stadium convinced him to give the penalty. From from what I saw of it, it was it was as, it was as egregious as 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 pissed as, as pissed off as I was with Harry Kane's attempt to create a penalty kind of thing. This was just as bad. He ran into his arm as he was heading the ball away and then threw himself on the floor like yeah, like he'd been slapped around the face 50 times by uh, Rico Lewis and then headed the ball away. And it was just as bad. Yeah, it was shocking. Absolutely shocking. As well, like, the guy, he knew he was well beaten to the ball by Rico Lewis because we got to see it enough times on the replay that Rico Lewis isn't the tallest guy and he was well in the air above him. Um, and because, like, when you jump, you're going to, like, use your arms to get that extra height. 
but he had the sense he, he was putting his arms down so he wasn't anywhere near the ball he, he never once looked at the man like the the fact that the ref then didn't didn't give it as soon as he got called over to the screen i think it was the guy on commentary actually had said oh well, we all know what happens now just terrible it's just with that yeah it was ridiculous Sadly, that does seem to be the case. I think they, they, they did the same. I, th- I think it was Rob Green who was on the colour commentary for the, uh, for the radio, and I think he said exactly the same thing. Like, it's, you know, it's it's not a penalty. They need to stop looking at VAR decisions with, like, um, still images. You need to play the whole incident through from start to finish. Don't pause it. Just, like, get it at regular speed. Stop losing freeze frames of the incident to sort of make things look a ten times worse. I think. I like think that. what they probably need to do is they need to get. And, and I think it always makes me laugh because you get your ex footballers and we can kind of think you get the ex footballers as pundits, and they'll bitch and moan and they'll bitch and moan, moan about the you know the reason why we're at this point now and we've had this discussion before about VAR is because people used to bitch and moan and gripe about referees making wrong decisions, and then going. Well, why don't they use video to help them? Here you go. Here's what you asked for. We've got video, and you're not happy with that either. Uh, but I feel like they need to have, as opposed to referees in the booth, like in the VAR booth, they need ex-players there. But because there's not enough of that for them, not enough cash <laughs> for them to go and do it, they won't. It would be far better, because they'd be able to go, in that situation, he's he's twisting his body to head the ball away. So you're going to use your arms. Your arms are going to go up, and that guy's just ran under his arms. You know, it, it, it's not a foul. It's he's created. You know, the, the the North Macedonian guy created the situation, not Rico Williams, because the guy was nowhere near him when he went up to head the ball. He just carried on his run into his arms. The other thing that's cropped up with VAR of late as well, and this game particularly highlighted it, when it's a Champions League game, it takes seconds. They are so on it, and it's just done with. Every decision, whether it's in the Premier League or whether in the international games that England were involved in this, this past weekend, like they just have six or seven minutes at it. Like How many times do you need to see it? Like It's a foul or it's not a foul. You've seen it from three different angles. You've seen it at full speed. You've seen it at half speed. You've seen it at still. And that's taken 30 seconds for all of it. So where do the other like, five minutes of him prattling about come from? It, it, it's Any momentum in the game is just gone completely. Like, And it'll get to the point where eventually like, people can start using it tactically. Like If they want to delay the game, it'll, it'll become like a timeout. Because somebody will just crock somebody and then they'll know that you know, they didn't make a decision on their own. So let's go and watch it on a camera for three or four minutes. And well, it, that's why any momentum in the game just go, just gone. Well, they suggested. I heard someone suggest like a coach's challenge thing. That's the worst thing that could ever happen because the coach's challenge thing will just be you'll get the the last ten minutes of a football match will take if they've got all their coaches' challenges left. So say they get two a match. If they've got two challenges left in the last ten five ten minutes, that last five ten minutes is going to take twenty. Because yeah. they're just going to spend their time fl- throwing out the thing, and the same point of what you like, what you said with the uh, Stu, with the with the decision for the penalty. There was a Grealish offside just after half time, 
And that was, I looked at it when he scored, and I was like, that's offside. I saw it, and I was like, I know I'm watching the TV, but I was, when he scored, I was like, yeah, that's offside. And then they proceeded to celebrate, get back to the halfway line, <coughs> then do the VAR, then take three, four, five minutes over it, then disallow the goal. And I'm like, all right, and so, you know, yeah, yeah this game's not going to finish till like quarter past ten at this rate. <laughs> Some of us were more annoyed than others about that Grealish goal getting ruled out. <laughs> I'll get to that. No? No? As, as the lads have said, obviously uh, England then equalised through Jack Grealish, only for that goal to be ruled out for an offside decision. Um, but they did get an equaliser in the 59th minute when uh, I believe Harry Kane had literally just been subbed onto the pitch and within... 30 seconds, I believe he got his head onto a corner, which then deflected off the defender into the goal. And uh, he's gone down as in Yanni Atanasov. Apologies, Yanni, if you're listening to the pod. I've obviously butchered your name there, so let us know how it's supposed to be pronounced and we'll get it right next time. Uh, but yes, the Yanni Atanasov own goal. Um, and try as they might, England weren't able to break North Macedonia down in the remaining half an hour after that. Um, so the game petered out to a 1-1 draw. Bit of a shock. I don't think a lot of people had, uh, had uh, England been dropping points on their uh, on their bingo cards, so to speak. Um, what it did mean, though, that was the, uh, the point was enough for England to seal a pot one space for the upcoming European Championship. So that means they will be, they will be drawn as the top seed of whatever group they're put into, whatever whichever the six groups they can be drawn. It just means they won't be drawn against any of the other top one sides. So it'll be the host, Germany, and then I would imagine that it will be made up of the, uh, the other teams that finished top of their uh, qualification pools with, that, with the highest number of points, so Spain, for example. And France, and other teams like that. I, have, I, I don't have the list at the hands, so I just, I don't, I don't understand how since then as well that Southgate's had the audacity to be like the guy who's like, well, I want to be number one in the world rankings. You've just, you've looked out a little bit in the Malta game at times, and you've just drawn away with North Macedonia. Good luck with that, pal. Like, it, know your station. Do you know what I mean? Like. If he, he's he's gone away completely from this picking form players like he, he did at the start of his reign to now picking the same players week in, week out. And the form players that he did pick didn't get a bloody game this weekend either. Well, it, it was absolute dross. I mean, I, God knows why I watched any of either game, but out of the, what, 180 minutes plus that I wasted watching those games... It, ter- it was terrible. And I don't know what incident Harry Kane, Jordan Henderson, not Harry Kane, Harry Maguire, Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips were involved in. Well, they've got something on Gareth Southgate. So if he murdered somebody and they helped bury the body, or uh, I don't know what. They lent him, they've, they've lent him some money to pay off debts or something, allegedly. Um... I know what he spent that Pizza Hut money on, that's what it is. That's it. 
that they know what that why he had that bag on his head. Um, you know, like it. it Pizza Hut advert before anybody says anything else. <laughs> it was a baffling. It's baffling. It's genuinely baffling. And there's some there's some players who are horrifically out of form as well. Marcus Rashford was terrible. Both games terrible. Absolutely terrible. He can't beat a man. He regularly kicks it out of play. And, and there's just people getting game upon game upon game when there's better players in the country at the moment. Yeah. Oh, can't, really argue oh. <laughs> can't, can't really argue with it, to be honest with you. It's, um, you know, it's, people have been crying out for, for ages. Literally, just fair enough. We understand you're going to pick. You're going to pick the team. But at least just sort of pick it based on some sort of form. That's all that people ask for. And he clearly isn't doing that. As if he if he was, Raheem Sterling would have been in the squad as he's been one of the best players in the Premier League for the last six weeks. Um, but we, we could sit here for the next hour and discuss the ins and outs of England, but it wouldn't get us anywhere. Um, they do have two friendlies. Uh, remaining before now and the start of the European Championships. Brazil and Belgium both in March. Uh, that'll be the next England, uh, that'll be the next international break. Um, and then the squad will be picked in May. Um, so from a predictions perspective on the po- on the podcast, um, no one got any points as we'd all picked varying degrees of England win, shock horror. Myself and Matt had gone for 3-0 wins. Stu and Andy had gone for 2-0 wins. Um, I'd gone for Rashford. Uh, good luck there. Saka and Rice to score. Matt had gone for Kane, Bowen and Grealish to score. So almost got a point for a goal from, uh, from Grealish there. Stu had picked Rashford and Grealish. Andy had picked Kane and Saka to the goals. So no Does points that mean that- in the second game. Does that mean that me and Matt can celebrate a point and then in five minutes' time you tell us it's taken away again? That might be how I do it from now on. I might do that moving forward. Give you the point and then uh, just be like, oh, hang, hang on a second, I'm, I'm just I'm just hearing something in my uh, my, my watch. Oh, how's, how's it done? Uh, so that the points from the first game settled the week. So I believe for the second week in a row, winning. With three points from two games. Mr. Andrew Cook, well done, sir. It's all coming up. That's all of your England England nonsense tied up with a nice little uh, feather bow. Feather bow's not a thing, is it? Feather boa. But you wouldn't tie anything with a feather bow, because that's just one. You do on a weekend, Paul. It's completely (laughs) up to you, mate. It's fine. Take your waitress. Take your waitresses, that's all I'll say. Um, week 17, on the horizon, coming. And it starts with Nottingham Forest taking on Brighton and Hove Albion. Obviously, that is Mr Moore's team. He will give his prediction <coughs> last. I'll dive straight in here. I have my prediction in the book. I have gone for a two-two draw. This one. Tower one ye. Gibbs White to get the goals for Forest. Matoma and João Pedro to score for Bright. Stu looked absolutely horrified by what I was saying there. And I don't know if it's because he's also picked some of those goal scorers or if he just thinks that I've got a huge tail or something going out of my head 
which is caused me to make terrible predictions. Which is it? The, the not the latter one this time. Um, I I have picked Forest two, Brighton one, but you picked Ooh. both of my Forest goal scorers. So I've gone for Gibbs White and a one year for Forest, and Fatty for Brighton. <laughs> Andrew, one nil to Forest. A one year. Your to goal score. scorer, please. A one. Is year. that a one year? Yes, please. Uh, how will this pan out, Mister Moore? I have pretty much agreed with you. Um, I've gone for a Forest. Uh, Forest. Brighton two all draw with a one ye and Gibbs White to score and Mitoma and Fatty <coughs> for uh, for uh, Brighton's goal scorer. See, we've we've just we've been hanging around for too long with each other that we just know how each other are going to predict these games, don't we? It's a sign of a truly, truly horrible friendship. Um, <laughs> the second game. Sees Bristol City taking on Middlesbrough, which is my team. I will give my prediction last. So I will come to Andrew. Your prediction first on Bristol City versus Borough. Technically, this is uh, our matchup, isn't it? Yep. Uh, so it's an all score matchup for uh, for the ages. Uh, it's a nil two. Borough, Borough winning two nil. Uh, Latte laugh. And Silvera scoring them their goals. Well, that's just lovely. Matthew? I've gone for a one-all draw. Uh, Bell for Bristol City. (laughs) And Greenwood for the Borough. I've got a 1 0 Borough win on the cards. I've taken a leaf out of uh, Mr. Cook's book this week, clearly. Um, oh. I've gone for Coburn as the goal scorer. Interesting. I shockingly agree with Matt. I've gone for a 1 1 draw in this one. I've gone for Mametti to score for Russell City and Greenwood to score for the Borough. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait till they get to the Swansea Hull game. I can't wait to see what Matt predicted. <laughs> Our third game of the week sees Swansea City taking on Hull City. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodmancy's team. He will go last. I'll come to Matt for his because if he's put what I've put down, I'm just going to turn. I'm not going to turn this off. What have you gone for? I've gone for a one-nil Hull win. Thankfully, the podcast can stay on. Your goal scorer? Uh, Delap. The Delapadeer. Andy? Uh, yeah, you know what Matt just said? Yeah? Yeah, can you write that down for mine, please? Because <laughs> uh, who didn't see that one coming? Uh, I've gone for a 1 1 draw this one. So, so far, I've gone for all of our teams to get a point this weekend. Get the. Uh, Get 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 the get the odds uh, lined up. I'm already on it. Don't you oh, worry. He's on. Already done. 
Uh, I've gone for Patterson to score for Swansea and Philogene to score for Hull. How do you see it playing out for your boys? So, you know, you said you'd turn the podcast off if you all predicted the same. Um, oh, God. So 1-0 Hull? Take, take, take a little of column A and a little of column B and you'll get 1-0 to Hull with Philogene scoring the goal. Hello, oh. Jean. Very nice. Very little for me to write in the book this week. I like it like that. Uh, our <laughs> final game of the, well, yeah, our final game of the Saturday slate of fixtures sees Mr. Andrew Cook's Wigan Athletic up the ticks, taking uh, the long trip to Leighton Orient of well, London Leighton. I'd imagine in, in London. <coughs> Spuds territory, sort of. Almost. West Ham. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Andy's team, therefore he will go last. I've gone for a 1 0 Wigan win with Wyke to score the goal. Stu? I've got 1 1. I've got Humphreys to score for Wigan. And Piggott to score for Orient. Piggott? Piggott, as in Leicester. Ah, uh, yes. Matt? I've gone for a 2-1 Wigan win. Yes. With Asgard and White for uh, Wigan. And Sotiriu for um, Leighton Orient. I'll just write all the vowels in the book. You'll be right. Before... <laughs> I like to introduce. I, I like to introduce a new, a new word, a new name for uh, for the podcast each week, just to test uh, the spelling. Of course, Mister Cook. How are like, your boys going to get on? Will there be some high action for the Latics? Uh, a one nil Wigan win. So a nil nil one in that. Uh, and I've gone with McGuinness to score. Ah, uh, he's seen a name that he's heard in the previous podcasts. And he's absolutely thrown all his weight behind it. You would love to see it. There are three midweek games for us to discuss when we come back from our little sabbatical. But you won't have to do anything as it will just reappear in your feed as if by magic. We are just going to take a small step away though before we give you those last three games. Recording in progress. See? Just like that, we're back on your screens. So, three games left to go through. The first of which, we're back to Mr. Woodmancy's boys. We're travelling over to the uh, MKM Stadium to see Hull City take on Rotherham United. Um, nice, easy one, this one for me. I've gone for a 2-0 home win on this one. Rotherham seem to be one of those teams that's going to be scrapping away at the bottom of the league for the uh, for the remainder of the season. I think Hull have way too much for him, so I'm going for a 2 0 win. Delap and Twine to get the goals. Matt? Or Rotherham have assumed their usual position. It was what you meant to say. <laughs> I've gone for a Hull 3 1 win. Uh, goals? Uh, Delap, Connolly, Philogene. <coughs> Gene? Philogene? Yeah, Philogene is not my lover, is the uh, chap from the stands. And uh, Onye Dinma Onye Dinma for Rotherham Fred <laughs> There's got to be some sort of like rule that you can't you can't pick it 
<laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> I think I've nailed it there. On your dinma. On your dinma, yeah. yeah. Be fried on your dinma. Yeah. 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 It's a name that my father has enjoyed saying in the past. Uh, Andy? So, I was going to give Rotherham a goal. And then I went to their website. Rotherham, sort your shit out. Your website <laughs> is garbage. So much so that you've lost a goal in this game because I couldn't find somebody to score one. So, 2-0 to Hull. Delap and Connolly. P.S. P.S. Rotherham. You're not the only one this week who's getting some shit for their terrible website. I'm they have internet in Rotherham. Dial up. No, I think it's, by, it's done by Telegram, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Pigeons. Pigeons. Smoke signals. Um, well, bear in mind, Rotherham is the place where they have, obviously they moved to their new ground. And their old ground is literally still standing. So I went through Rotherham on the train a couple of weeks ago uh, and you go past the nice shiny new stadium and you can see the, uh, well, I wouldn't even say remnants because all <laughs> that stands still standing of the old stadium just over the road. That's, on, that, that's Luton levels, that stadium as well. It's kind of, mm. you have to go Yeah. Uh, Stu, how do you see this one plan, uh, panning out for you boys? Well, it's a Tuesday night game. I will be in attendance. Um... Yeah, it'll be it'll be the first of the. Uh, we nobody had Stu wearing two pairs of socks for the first time this season on the predictions, did they? But that will happen that night because it will be called. Um, I've gone for a two nil Hull win with Delap, and possibly a new name for the predictions on the scoring. But he's he's well overdue a goal. Morton, Tyler Morton, scored oh. and assisted, I believe, whilst away on England duty. For the under twenty ones, been playing pretty pretty well for Hull, so why not stick him down whilst his confidence is riding high? Strangely enough, I did actually I caught a little bit of the England under twenty ones game last night. I was wanting to watch it for um, obviously to watch Hayden Hackney's performance, uh, and I immediately had to turn it off because I'm pretty sure the second I turned it on, he got absolutely scythed down by some dirty bastard from Northern Ireland. So I was like, I don't know if I need to be watching this, um, but yes, I did see that. Um, Morton was playing and uh, that he was just Hull's, Hull's team just filled with England under 21 in it actually it turns out yeah, strange our second to last game of the uh, of the midweek slot sees Middlesbrough taking on Preston North End obviously it's my boys so I will go last with my prediction I will go to Stu for his prediction on this one I've got you down for one each We've got Keane for Preston and Jones for Borough. Uh, Andrew? Hey, Preston, guess what? Uh, you lost out on a goal uh, this week because uh, apparently you've got the same people that built the Rotherham website to build your website, you absolute bag of... So, 2-0 to the Borough. Silvera and Coburn to score. We need to clip up these um, 
Andy Rant's segment and send honestly, them to the clubs in question. Right, honestly, <laughs> football websites are one of two things. Either some of the best websites you'll ever find, they put the, do you want cookies, yes or no, front and centre, and you can just press the, I'm good, thanks, and then it's gone and you can get to what you want, or it's like a... A headless chicken spinning round in some kind of weird pagan ritual of a website. And those are your two options. It's not difficult. Apparently it is. Do do me a favour. Don't ever use the Harlebull United website, (laughs) I think the unfortunate thing is you've got some clubs that are forward thinking and have like a, a young board and stuff like that and perhaps work on these things and then some clubs are run by people I don't want to cast aspersions possibly in their 60s, maybe 70s and don't have a clue and probably let their grandson do their website for them just to give them a little sneaky backhander uh, I'll come to you next, Mr. Moore. What have you got for this one? I've gone for a 2-1 Borough win. Greenwood and Crooks. And Holmes getting a goal for Preston. Because I go on the BBC website for my goal scorers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, rub it in. I, go on, rub it in. <laughs> see, I, I don't do that. I just go to the uh, Sky Sports Football Scores preview and just go to the form guide and then click on the last game that the team played and see who was in the squad. So just just to add to Andy's disappointment further then, what we're saying is we've both we've all tapped into two other forms of internet based stuff that does a team's website (laughs) than an actual team does. (laughs) BBC has their top goal scorers as well. I'm like, ooh, top goal scorer. It's not it's not looking there. Sadly, for Preston and for Rotherham, it's not looking good, and I don't think they'll be getting their usual card from Mr Cook this festive period. Uh, Just to round out the Middlesbrough versus Preston predictions, I've gone for a 2-1 win for the Borough, shockingly, because obviously Matt had also gone for a 2-1 win, so I had to, like, you know, time it. Um, I've also gone for Crooks to score, but in line with with, with Mr Woodman's here, I've gone for Jones to score, and I've given Potts a goal for Preston. Our last game of the week sees Andy's team once again, Wigan Athletic, taking on Fleetwood Town. Um, I had a look at the form. Fleetwood have won the last three on the spin, I noticed. So, potentially could be a tricky one for Wigan this one. As such, I've gone for a 2-2 draw. I've gone for Goddo and McManaman to score for Wigan. And Marriott, Jack Marriott to score two for Fleetwood. Matt, what have you got on this one? Was, it, was Fleetwood where Joey Barton was at? Uh, for who was he? Or was it Forest Green? No, it might have been Fleetwood because I think did he get the boot? Yeah, yeah. And they gave the job to Scott Brown, and he's now also. Been the boot. Oh, was he? Yeah, oh. Who, had, who had the best cage in the car park? Would be the question wherever Barton went. <laughs> Hey, talk about a couple of scummy midfielders. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I've got, and, and also, if someone had said, put all your money on which team had a shocking website that wound Andy up, 
my money would have been on Fleetwood because a hundred percent I would have thought it would have been them. Uh, I've gone for a two-one Wigan win. Uh, golf scorers: Humphreys and Goddo for Wigan, and Marriott for Fleetwood. We've got a big, big change here. I think uh, again, like you, I'd seen the form. Wigan have been a bit hit and miss of late, so I'm, I'm gonna go for Wigan one, Fleetwood three. Uh, I'm gonna go for Lang for Wigan. Yep. And then Marriott, Mayer, and Broom. M A Y E R. Oh, M-A-Y-O-R. Oh, as in Lord. Yes. I don't think that's his real first name, but we'll go with it. <laughs> and what was your third one? Broom, as in sweeping brush. Very nice. Go on, Mr. Cook. You have the uh, the joy of uh, closing us out this week. Uh, just a, a 1-0 Wigan win, because I'd given up trying to go to other teams' websites by that point. So I was just like, well, it's just a 1-0 win, isn't it? Um, but I was never going to pass up the opportunity to go with Stones. Very, very, very nice. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is your seven games for week 17. All done and dusted. All predicted up for you there. Um, now... Just to finish the podcast this week, obviously we discussed at the end of last week's podcast that I was going to be in attendance for a live game last week. Um, that game, of course, being York City versus Hartlepool United. Um, and it was, of course, a first <coughs> first trip into the uh, the footballing unknown for a young Mister, a young Master Williams. So my my nephew taking in his first live football experience and as was probably to be expected he stayed interested for about ooh, 20 minutes and uh, and then we we had a very then we had a very interesting game of um can i just hang off this banister etc uh, etc et and i was like yeah of course you can and then uh, i had to explain to him you're not really supposed to stand in the uh, the aisle way because uh, you see that lady that's, that's sort of like staring daggers at you yeah she might tell you to come and stand next to me so uh, shortly, um, but uh, he seemed he seemed to enjoy it. He seemed to uh, certainly be enjoying it after six minutes when Pauls took the lead, um, and uh, I don't know if it was a bit loud for him because as soon as the big cheer went up, his ears, his hands went straight on his ears, as obviously everyone that was stood around him was uh, rather raucous. Uh, of the six thousand that were in attendance, the fifteen hundred. That were there from pools were uh, in uh, in very good voice, um, from what we could hear, and they were certainly rewarded with a three-one resounding Hartlepool United win. Um, pretty good, all all in uh, all in total. Uh, obviously, uh, young Master Williams will have to come back to uh, several more pools games in the future, as he's clearly the good luck charm. Yes, just thought I'd report back on that. One. Yeah, it was a decent win for him. Mm. It certainly was. I've got, I've got uh, them all. Anyone else to bring to the table, so to speak? Just, just the odds. Oh, um, yes, of course. I do apologise. So, it's it's another week where it's 
the bookies think it's statistically more likely that all three of our teams will win. Um, as the odds for that one on Forest, Hull, and Borough to win is just over fifteen to one. Forest, Hull, and Borough to lose is almost eighteen to one. So I guess not too far away. Uh, but Forest, Hull, and Borough to draw. Uh, is coming in at just over 38 to 1. So purely from a betting aspect, if we could all draw this weekend, um, that would would do the coffers a little better. Uh, But obviously I'd be happy if we all won um, even more so. But yeah, unfortunately I can't get you the odds for Tuesday's games because it has Hull on the list, it has Borough on the list, but apparently nobody has ever heard of League One. So... um, yeah, I can't, I can't get the, the, the Wigan game to get any kind of odds for, for a three-way on Tuesday. Um, Swines! Yeah. Never mind. Stu's uh, strongly worded email to uh, William Hill will be uh, obviously the focus of next week's podcast. <coughs> and obviously, also, tune in next week to see who's getting the tongue lashing from Mr. Cook. As to uh, how much uh, updating they need to do to their team's website. Let's put it that way. Can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine this guy's face in January when all the transfers start going off again? Oh, he's gonna. He's just. His mind's going to explode. Just, just I will give my apologies in advance now, as I will not be in attendance next week. As I sadly won't be in. I, I won't even be in the country, um, so I will be unable to attend the recording, so sorry, many apologies, but I'll obviously leave you in the careful hands of these three wonderful gentlemen for next week. But for now, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, Matt's got something he wants to say. Just just the uh, just the world falling, or like the, the everything falling apart because Everton got their 10-point deduction. I found it, it, the coverage of it has been absolutely ridiculous. Everybody jumping to their defence, everybody said, well, they admitted that they did it. All right, and so tomorrow I'm going to go out and commit murder, and then admit to it, and I'll get off with it scot free apparently because because I admitted to it. Like you did wrong, fair enough. You admitted it. Maybe you would have got a bigger point deduction if you hadn't if you didn't admit to it. Um, and also, oh, what's going to happen to Man City? I think we'll find out soon. And I think it's going to be pretty bad. So. All the Evertonians that are crying about it, just save yourself and thank God, thank, thank, thank everything that you want to thank that you've had your your points deduction this season when it's not going to matter because there are three or four teams that are worse than you and just take your lumps, crack on and just save yourself for next year. Stop crying about it. I think my favourite part of the whole saga was the the day after, or maybe two days after it happened, Sky Sports News genuinely reporting on the Mayor of Liverpool has written to the head of the Premier League eye because that fellow that's got all that jurisdiction football know-how is the fact he's written a letter is going to make all the world a difference. In fact, you know it's almost like that thing where I don't know, I can't remember if this really still happens where a team appeals a red card and then they get given an extra game ban. Well, do you know what? Give him an extra couple of points. Just shut your face and keep your nose out, idiot. You should have said, sell, sell all that gold you got round your neck, dickhead. And you, you might have sorted <laughs> out the club. 
That could have balanced the books and they'd have been all right. Apparently it was because they couldn't get 80 million for Richarlison. Um, yeah, I think Tottenham did right with that. Well, blame the spuds. <laughs> Just get the shots in there now, Matt. <laughs> yeah. well, but like you say there, like it's the sort of thing of like, oh, well, we, but, but why are you punishing us? We owned up to the fact that we broke the rules. Did you not just hear what you just said there? You literally said that you willingly <laughs> broke the rules. If anything, you should be expunged from the league. <laughs> just like, like laughed in the face of the actual like laws that are put in place to stop stuff from like, like you know, to stop teams from going bust. It's, and you've been caught to be like sort of like, you know, breaking them. So obviously you're going to get punished. It's all the additional yeah. stuff as well. It's like all these, of course... Liverpool have piped in and other clubs have piped in. Oh, what about what about if it happens to Man City and Chelsea? What about the leagues that we would have won if they hadn't cheated? And you're like, yeah, but also you needed to win games as well. It's not just the kind of you know, Rio Ferdinand saying to Jolie and Lescott, I don't know it was a joke, or oh, you have to bring that bring that medal round to my house and I'll laugh in your face with it. And you're like, ah, yeah, that's not how it works. So yeah, I just the, it's kind of the world that the whole world of football is imploding because some people cheated. And you feel like saying to Rio Ferdinand, "Thank God they didn't have financial fair play when you signed for United, or you wouldn't, you would not have, you know, they would have been horrifically out of kind of thing." But, but I know yeah. that I made a little joke about Italian football earlier, but at least when people like get found out and caught for stuff there. They actually do knock them down a league or two, don't they? Whereas nothing, nothing will happen here. It'll no. be, it's the it's the points, and that's it. They'll have to. I mean, for, for to work with Man City, they're going to have to take a serious amount of points because I genuinely think if they took thirty points off them, they'd still finish mid-table. They might even get into Europe. To be honest, if you said to me, "All right, yeah, they're going to have, they're going to be docked thirty points next season," I'd be like. Yeah, probably get Champions League because I'll get seventy points by the end of the year anyway. They also seem like that sort of a bunch of players, and the way that the manager would gear them up, that that more than anything would be a, an, just an extra bit between their teeth, and would genuinely fear anybody that came up against them because they'd just get rinsed. Ah, it, it would worry one of them <laughs> seasons where you're like, "Holy shit!" It, you know, you, I'm saying like, I'm saying seventy points. I'm thinking, well, that, that'd be a hundred point season. I'm sure they've got over 100 points before, so they could probably go. You could just see them just gunning for like, right, yeah, we're going to win the league, even though we've been docked 30 points. It'd be absolutely top man if they did get, like, if they did have to start off on minus 30 points, and when it gets to week like 15, to see just how many teams they're involved in the league. It'd be mid table by Christmas. Well, yeah. It'd be, it'd be outstanding. See what the, what what they'll do, what Everton should do, if they if they adopt the Leeds approach, is they'll get really petty about it, and uh, in the program they'll have page minus ten. They'll have a space reserved on the uh, on the squad list for um, number ten. Oh, sorry, the the squad list number number minus ten, the petty Premier League, mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, as uh, as as Leeds did when the uh, in the season where they got deducted fifteen points, um, and uh, we all rejoiced heartily when uh, Leeds, with that fifteen point deduction, only finished in the playoffs that season and lost in the playoff final to Doncaster, of course. Um, 
shame. Shame. What a lovely club. Shouldn't, uh, you know, couldn't have, uh, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't really been in that position. Should, uh, well. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. I think they, they, they say they've got like, a maximum of three months to sort of any appeal. And so, like, it has to, if they're going to appeal it, it has to be sorted within the next three months. Oh, it's 14 days. I'm sure someone said, like, 14 days oh. or... Because the whole, as the whole sort of part of the whole thing. So I think they must, they might have had like fourteen days to appeal, but Submit that it. appeal itself would then have to be signed. Oh, right. okay. um, so we'll watch, we'll watch and see what happens. Um, but like Matt said, the chances are they'll probably have enough about them to stay up this season anyway, even with a ten point deduction. As um, it, that that ten points hasn't even put them bottom, has it? I don't think he put them no. second bottom because they're uh, clear of Burnley on goal difference. Yes. So we'll 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 wait and see. If anything, it's it's made the bottom of the Premier League slightly more interesting for at least a couple more weeks. Well, gents, thank you very much for uh, for joining me as always to uh, to go through the ins and outs of your teams and uh, discuss the goings on and whatnot. Um, as always, thank you to you guys for for joining in and, uh, and listening to us uh, rant and rave for a little bit of time uh, join us again next week where we'll, uh, we'll do it all over again obviously not me um, and uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll see you again in about seven days but until then happy bye so there we go what do you think to that another one done another week of games gone another week of games to look forward to and a boatload of games I did promise a boatload of games Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, thank you for being here. If I can thank you to do for doing things before you may have even done them, please do like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button so you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.